In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Psychic Story. For this episode, I have Amanda Paulson on. She is a paranormal investigator. I've been following her on Instagram for a while, so I was super psyched that she agreed to join this podcast and tell her story. And I've seen you tease a little bit in your content, both on your YouTube channel and Instagram, that you had an experience when you were younger, and that kind of catapulted you into the paranormal investigations. So do you mind kind of opening opening up first with what that was and just sharing your story. Yeah, for sure. So my first paranormal experience happened when I was about eight years old. I lived in what's called a, what I call a haunted duplex with my mom. And uh, at night I would see my dolls in the corner of the room move on their own. Um, I would have things in my room just move and hear noises and have weird nightmares. And it really was kind of like the catalyst for a, a lifetime of interest in the paranormal. I wasn't predisposed to ghosts or paranormal or anything like that before I had these experiences at this haunted duplex. It just kind of happened. And then from there, I wanted to know more. I wanted to experience more. I was very scared. I mean, I was eight years old, so it wasn't a fun time in the moment. But later when I was like in high school, I started kind of digging into it. I would make Ouija boards on my own because of course my family would not allow them. I was I was raised Baptist, so I was really religious growing up. But I kind of started digging deeper in, in my teen years. And in 2008, when I was 18, I joined my first ghost hunting team. And then, you know, here we are today. So you were eight. And had you had any other experiences with the paranormal before that age? Or was it really truly that duplex or where you were living at the time that that happened, that started to happen? Um, I wouldn't say I've, I had any paranormal experiences before that duplex. I did have I was kind of like a very imaginative kid. I had a lot of, and I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to this. Like I remember when I was a kid thinking I was psychic and just thinking the world was weirder than it was being presented to me. Um, And that that started when I was very young. Like I, I remember as far back as like preschool thinking I could like, read my teacher, like my preschool teacher's mind or something. I don't know. But it's funny because I've lost that kind of, I don't know, ability or those little touches I've lost over time in my adult years. But um, I was kind of, I guess, a sensitive little kid, I would say. But the first paranormal occurrence that happened to me was when I was eight in that duplex. 
Yeah, you definitely have, I don't know if anyone's told you this before, but you have like this thin veil around you, meaning that you can easily see into these other dimensions. And so it feels like at least what my guides and angels are kind of like telling me is that that experience or those initial experiences kind of shut it down a little bit, but that you're still very open to it. So I don't know if anyone else has really told you that, but I can definitely feel it. No one's ever told me that, but that actually aligns with like some of the personal research I've been doing as of late, like in the last few months, I've kind of started to, um, I don't know, dig deeper into childhood trauma and different things that I've experienced psychologically in my life and how that plays into my openness or my ability to communicate with the spirit world or, or you know, where I stand in, in paranormal phenomena. And I've realized lately that I'm kind of closed off to it, which is ironic because I'm out here seeking it out and I'm searching for it. But lately I've had some experiences where people I'm with are experiencing things that I'm not, and I'm right next to them. So they're seeing or hearing things that I'm not seeing or hearing. And I believe, I believe those people, I believe in paranormal phenomena, but I'm like, why am I not experiencing this the same way? So I've started to kind of guess that maybe it's some kind of wall or something preventing me from, um, I don't know, being an adult is weird. I, I just turned 31, you know, and not that that matters. I really feel like 30s are the new 20s, but uh, there's something in my subconscious that is like, you are too old to believe in this or something. And I'm, and I'm fighting that right now. I'm trying to, I'm in the weeds with it and I'm trying to figure out kind of what's going on. So anyway, that what you said, it, it resonates. So well, a couple things when you were saying that, if it's okay with, with you, I usually don't do this a lot, but I feel like it would maybe help you in your craft or your practice is you have the blocks. Yes, that's a, kind of a separate thing, but you're also very heavily protected and grounded with like your 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 spiritual team is around you. So some of the things that people may be experiencing that you're not is part of that. It's part of that protection. It's part of that grounding. But then also you're very empathetic and an empath. So when I was talking about being, you mentioned being a sensitive child growing up and then certain things like society will tell us, no, that's not right. As we get older, we crush it a little bit. We crush our own souls or society will. And we also start to doubt that. So there's that whole psychological thing. But also from a protective standpoint, you were holding on to that when you were younger. And then it's a little bit harder for you to like kind of release that when you're doing these investigations. But I feel like when you do more of the meditation, I feel like you're doing a lot more reading. You said that but that you're getting more into that spiritual aspect of things. And that's when you can start to practice and do some things that I think will really open you up when you're when you're doing your your paranormal investigations. Absolutely. Hopefully that helps a little bit. But yeah, the, uh, but just also know that it's also a protection and a grounding from your spirit guides and your tribe that's there for you in that reason. Yeah, cool. So what does paranormal investigation look like? I feel like most people have seen television shows and have seen like what the genesis of what ghost hunting is, or they go out and they look, and then it's evolved into much more of a scientific type of process, or at least it should be, right? And what is what does it entail and what's your approach to it? Um so gosh, it's changed over time. It's ever changing, I think. And and so is the paranormal field, which I think it should. So when I was in a team back in 08, my approach was very scientific based, very much like OG ghost hunters approach with like all of the equipment and you know, you take base readings and you debunk things. I'm still very much into the debunking side of things. I'm a skeptical believer. So I, I like to find a normal cause 
before I jumped to any, you know, paranormal causes. But now I, I investigate solo. So that's a little bit different. I still approach it with a very scientific mind. But like you said about uh, trying to incorporate some, you know, spiritual practices, I've been trying to do that more in the last year and a half, I'd say, trying to approach it more as like, um, how do you say, like joining forces with the paranormal, kind of understanding the connectedness between everything. I, I'm trying to open my mind up to things not always just being like black and white. It's not always just a dead person that's trying to communicate. It can be so much more than that. It can be so much more complex than we really understand. But I still use my equipment. Um, I have all sorts of equipment that I set up and, and try to at least substantiate some of this activity with actual evidence. I mean, I, I think that's what a lot of paranormal investigators are trying to do is trying to help make the non-believer believe, you know, or try to say, hey, my personal experiences are validated by this actual evidence, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question. That was kind yeah. of a rant, but, but yeah, there, there's all sorts of approaches. I'm still very much on the science science side of things, but um, not so much into the uh, like really aggressive, like yelling at the ghosts. I, I don't, I personally don't really believe in like demonic energy. I piss a lot of people off by saying that I respect and believe that, you know, if, if one person does believe in demonic or negative energy, that's valid and real. But for me, I don't approach it like that. It, it is, I guess, more scientific, like a science we don't understand yet is how I approach it. Supernatural is the natural, not yet explained, is what I like to say. And we are trying with what scientific tools we have, like you mentioned recording or other equipment. I imagine that some things, like just like you even said, some people who may be on an investigation with you experience one thing, you experience another. Equipment may pick up a whole another thing or maybe a camera or an audio recording because the way we communicate as humans may be different versus when we're on the other side. And I always like to say too, like ghosts were human once as well. So I imagine whether you use the term ghosts or spirits, I know people use them interchangeably, but to me, it's like they were alive once. They were here on this earth. They're just in a different energy form. They may not have that physical form. So how they may also need to be able to communicate with you being on the other side may be a lot harder, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm starting to be more keen on the idea too that 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 energy can maybe communicate more in your mind and th that doesn't mean that it's not real. Like just because it's in your mind, it doesn't mean it's not real. I, I'm starting to see with the instances like where I'm standing right next to somebody and they're seeing something that I'm not, maybe that entity decided that they're going to communicate with that person like specifically. And maybe that's something that they can do. You know, maybe they can tap into how we're perceiving them or whatever into our reality mm -hmm. in our head, you know? Right. And maybe, maybe when they show up in, in the real world, they're not just showing up for everyone. You know, I don't know. There's so many possibilities. I, I'm trying to uh, bridge the gap for modern day ghost hunters and more like occult academic topics. I, I'm lately trying to kind of bridge that gap and, and say, hey, modern ghost hunting is super fun. I love chasing the, you know, the adrenaline rush that it gives you. I totally get it. But let's open our minds a little bit and kind of try to play with all of the different possibilities that there really are. It's just as just as fascinating as regular ghosts. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, so when you mention telepathically or getting some thoughts or how they communicate, right? And the entities or the spirits who are there. I like to look at it as, 
as human beings or spiritual beings, we have a bunch of different senses outside of just physical sight, hearing, sound, smell, that sort of thing, and the, the touch aspect of it. We also have those psychically, and people are like knobs where or volume, where in some cases, some people may have their clear audience and their clear essence and all of the seeing things turned up, where others it's lower, and we may ebb and flow into one direction. And I feel like that's this exact same thing with entities or spirits because they may be stronger in one area or not. So they may be able to capitalize on that or tap into it if somebody else is just more tuned or, I don't want to say open, but have have that dial turned up, right? Yeah. So that's a part of it. It's a little bit of a mix and a dance. I did want to go back to your childhood though. Did you ever find out like what happened in the duplex or did anyone else experience it? Was it just you? I never found out. So I I was living with my mom when I lived there and my mom was a drug addict. Love her. She's still around today, but she was really, really going through it at that time. So I never really got to find out more than what happened to me personally. She's a little bit out of the equation on that one. <laughs> so, and I've never had an opportunity to go back to it. I drive by it every time I visit uh, my hometown, but I never found out. I was just curious. Um, what have been your favorite paranormal investigations? I saw recently you're at Waverly. Waverly was super fun. I got to do Waverly with a lot of really experienced, really cool investigators, which I value a lot. I'm, since I do this solo over in Spokane, Washington, um, to get to like come together and join forces was really cool. But um, I went to Lizzie Borden House recently, and I'd say that by yourself because I yeah. watched all of those on Instagram. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I didn't really do any investigating. No, I didn't do any investigating. Who am I? Who am I kidding? I didn't do any investigating that night. I just was scared and like solely existing in that space. And um, but it ended up being like one of my. It was awful in the moment. I was super scared. But now I think it's like my favorite investigation or whatever because I mean, just the act, the level of activity in that house was so undeniable. I, it like blew my mind, you know, just stuff happening like right around me in my room. Like I was hearing footsteps all around the house. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm a skeptical believer and kind of to, de- to my detriment sometimes I, uh, you know, I'll believe one thing one day and then the next day I'm like, well, did that really happen? And then I start second guessing myself and I really racked my brain and was like, is there any chance that they could have been faking that activity in the house? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, I was hearing legitimate walking around in, in my room even. And I'm like, if that's something that you can fabricate, then that's some technology that I don't understand because <laughs> that would be insane. It was just, it was so scary. And I talked to my mom recently. I had talked to her that night when I first arrived at Lizzie Borden's. And uh, before I like went on camera or anything, I called her and I go, hey, I have to like, I wanted to like take a shower eat my dinner. And I'm like, mom, I have to do this stuff. And I'm super scared already. I don't know what's going on. I'm terrified. And she recently was like, didn't you feel that vibes there like right away? And I'm like, yeah, actually, now that you say it, I did. I did kind of pick up on that right away and didn't understand where the night would go. But that is like my, by far my favorite night so far. Those who are listening that don't know the Lizzie Borden, I'm sure you probably heard about it or you're like, what happened? Can you just remind people what actually happened in the house and then what it is today? Because I think now they are, it's, it's not an Airbnb, but they, they've opened it up and they allow people to pay to stay there, right? Yeah. So the Lizzie Borden house is where Lizzie Borden and her parents and the maid lived back in like 
the late 1800s. And Lizzie Borden's parents were murdered to death with an axe. People have probably heard, what's the, uh, that like nursery rhyme, not nursery rhyme, like song, like Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax or whatever. That's where that comes from. So it's technically an unsolved case today, I think. They, a lot of people believe Lizzie Borden did it, but um, there are some theories that say that she didn't. And uh, today it is a bed and breakfast. So you can um, you can go to the website, the Lizzie Borden House website and rent a room. Um, and in like, I don't know if they still do breakfast. Like we said, I stayed there alone. I say on accident, but I stayed on Easter and nobody else booked a room. So it just happened to be that I was alone. So I was like, you don't need to make breakfast for me. It felt that felt lame. I'm like, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, I think they do breakfast still and, and you can rent like a room or a suite or whatever and stay the night. Um, it just it just went under new ownership, though. So who knows? Who knows what will happen with it now? But yeah, pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure people on Easter weren't thinking necessarily to stay there. So it was a good a good opportunity in your experience and investigation to be able to stay there. And even when I was watching on Instagram and saw your content, I could feel the vibe there. The energy was very dense. It was very heavy. And any place where such a traumatic experience or situation had, would occur with the death and murder of two people, I would imagine as well that that energy would be held in unless the owners or other people have gone in to cleanse it. And then since then, investigators and other people have kind of gone gone there to experience it. So it probably amps up the energy a little bit too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the topic of like, egregores and tulpas and like hauntings created by people too. So I think that house is and was legitimately haunted just by the sheer impact and energy that that terrible event caused. But then you have decades of people investigating the paranormal claim and creating this huge thought form of like this huge haunting basically. And yeah, it did feel super, super dense there. I felt like I was constantly being watched like it just felt like it surrounded me and and that's what terrified me so much was I was like, and I'm not, to, to this day, I, I don't really um, hone in on any sensitive sensitivities or like psychic abilities or anything. I try to be clear, like, that's not my thing. I, I'm not talented in that. But that night was interesting because I had to weed through uh, like downloads I was getting basically, or like feelings I was having that didn't make any sense. Like I was like, I feel like there's a man watching me, but there's not a man in front of me watching me. It's just popped into my head. So it was just a crazy, like psychological night. It was insane. <laughs> and were you just there the one night, like the one day and the one night? Just one. Yeah. One night. Thank God. I don't think I, I don't know if I could have done another night. Like it was just so scary. I stayed in my room most of the night and yeah, I left at like 10 AM the next morning. It was bizarre. There were no employees there all night. A lot of people, I uh, posted about this on TikTok and TikTok's like ruthless. They were like, you're lying. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there really wasn't anybody there. I don't know why. They probably just trusted me and were like, you're the only one staying here. You look pretty harmless. Like, and then they dipped, you know, why, why stay if they don't need to? So, or maybe they didn't, they knew it was going to be amped up and they were getting that vibe too. And they were just like, Hey, if you're cool with it, we're going to peace out. <laughs> Once you have it, you never know. <laughs> the gift shop owner the next morning showed up at like 10 and I expected her to come in or something. I don't know why I expected somebody to like check in on me or like make sure I hadn't torn the place apart. The gift shop owner or the gift shop lady did not come in at all. I probably could have stayed in that house and no one would have said anything. She didn't like come to check on me. Nobody, I went and bought some stuff from the gift shop 
she didn't go into the house. I don't know how they changed the sheets or whatever, but it was a very weird vibe. And it made me wonder, I was like, I wonder if some people that work here have had some crazy experiences and just don't involve themselves anymore. It sounds like very hands-off based on your videos and your content. And then even now what you're describing that people are like, yeah, if you want to stay here, great. Like, we'll just cut, you know, we'll take the check, we'll take the cash, but Mm -hmm. we want to have as little involvement as possible with it just because, yeah. Um, Yeah. So what are some of the cooler things, whether it's EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena, right? Am I Mm -hmm. saying that correctly? EVPs or other recordings or things that you've gotten over the years? So I have a lot of old EVPs I got with my team that unfortunately I don't have them anymore. My team at the time was like 11 or so people. And when I left, I just left all of the equipment stuff with them. It it was weird. So I don't have a lot of older stuff, but recently um, I have had some good EVPs. Uh, One that sticks out to me is at Thornwood Castle in Tacoma, Washington. That's where um, they had like a Stephen King show there or something. I can't remember. Rose Red. Those photos were phenomenal. It's just such a beautiful building. Yes, it's so beautiful. I still post photos from that from that night. I would be too. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's so many. It's like I could just click, 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 click. I didn't even have to try and it, everything was beautiful. Um, but yeah, I got a good EVP there that was like, it, I guess it would be considered class A because we heard it in person and I heard it and my friend heard it. And because like I say, I'm sometimes too skeptical. I heard it in the moment and thought to myself, that must be people. But it was like two in the morning and there weren't any people near us. I'm like, I don't know why I just, I brushed things off as not paranormal too quick. And I'm trying to get better at that. But um, my friend heard it and she was super freaked out. She's like, oh my God. And I just keep going with my spiel. I'm like, if that's you, blah, blah, blah. Like, and she's like, oh my God, do you just go through this? And like, you're not scared at all. You just keep talking to them. I'm like, well, that's the point. <laughs> That's why we're here to talk. Uh, But um, that EVP is up on my Instagram. You can't really tell what it's saying, but it's just like talking, which is really fascinating to me. Other EVPs that I've gotten truthfully have been like, like one syllable. It'll be like, eh, (laughs) and it's like nothing, you know, (laughs) I don't get very good EVPs. And uh, another reason why I'm trying to tap into uh, a different part of me, a different, more spiritually in tune part of me, because I'm like, are they not talking to me? Is that what's, is that what's happening? Because I I have friends who get really incredible EVPs sometimes, and uh, it's not me. (laughs) I'm, I'm failing on the EVP front, but what about photos or anything else like that? Or have you, even as photos aside, have you seen, you saw your dolls move and your toys move when you were a child, but have you seen anything in your current experiences as in this profession? Yeah, so I have seen shadow figures. I saw a, a full-bodied apparition at Idaho State Penitentiary like years ago. Gosh, shadow figures at Waverly Hills. I'm trying to think. A lot of stuff like that happens God, I'm trying to rack my brain on on like names of locations, but I have like a video of like a a jail cell at one of these jails I went to and um it was like a full man with like a hat or whatever. But what I was going to say is I experienced sleep paralysis for about a decade and it's finally let up in the last like year or so, but in my sleep paralysis episodes, they started to evolve over time and uh and it became less sleep paralysis and more just like entities showing up. And and that was when I was like really starting to get into 
my spiritual practices and into ghost hunting again. So like maybe two and a half years ago, I would start just waking up and seeing like full bodied apparitions of just random people. Sometimes it'd be like a woman walking through my hall in, you know, in a dress or whatever. And sometimes I would wake up and there'd just be three people just standing at the foot of my bed. And I never really uncovered what that was about. And obviously I wasn't investigating when that was happening. So that's not so much things I've seen on investigations, but those are legitimate things I've seen in my life that really like kind of changed, changed me in a way. Um, because I feel like, I don't know, it, it made me think that maybe there's like a, like a lowering the veil while you're sleeping and that I was trying so hard to reach out and, and to experience things again that I was accidentally doing it in my sleep. So those are some of the craziest apparitions I've seen are at my own house, like things that pass in and out at my own house. Yeah. While you were talking, I was getting, I think I said earlier that veil, the thinning of the veil or the lift, the lifting of it. And when we are asleep, usually when we're asleep, from what I've been taught or what I believe is that our brain will one, it's, it's, it needs to be refreshed, replenished. And so our brain's shutting down. Our body is like calmed down and it's really for us to recharge. We need that reset. But our, our spirit, our soul, our consciousness is still very much active. And so usually in dream states, we literally will go, I don't want to say necessarily astral projection, whether you believe in that or not, but mentally or from, a, again, a soul consciousness, that energy shifts. We work problems out from our day to day. Like that's more of like the, the doctor thing, right? That they'll say like your meanings are, are pretty literal for the most part. Like you can solve problems. You can think through that emotions when you're going in your dream. But for us in the spiritual, paranormal, more supernatural, we do more of our light work in our dreams and we will tend to go places. Or as you were just saying, it's almost like you're turning on a lighthouse, like a light (laughs) in Mm -hmm. a lighthouse (laughs) during a storm. And so you have this bright light and I can't preface it enough that you do have this gift. You've been kind of repressing it. So yes, I think you're absolutely right that when you are thinking about it in your day-to-day, whether you're going on the investigations or you're just trying to work through like, how can I be more open to this? How can I break down these barriers, these obstacles? That's bringing them in. And I also, early on, I was getting it, but you were kind of like holding off on it, almost like you're a little bit of a medium. Like you could actually, and whether people that maybe just listening to this episode for the first time or the show for the first time, a medium is somebody who actually can communicate with the other side. And in some cases, they visually see, they hear, or they feel or they know. And I think you have that ability to actually visually see. That's why I was asking, like, you may not be getting it on the EVP side because it might not be auditory. Mm, That's fascinating. I would agree. It's interesting. I would have agreed even more a couple years back, but it what I've been researching into more is the correlation of timelines when this activity kind of stopped for me or like took a back seat, coincided with some real like trauma healing and and stuff that I was working through on my own for like real life stuff. And while that got better, it's like I closed off. It's like my walls just became so impenetrable that I closed off everything on accident instead of just the real life stuff I didn't want to have to revisit in my mind. So yeah, that's fascinating and nice to hear. And I would agree with you, but I need, I probably need to get better at uh, believing 
in myself more, which is a journey I'm on for sure. <laughs> yeah, the confidence. But I will also say like, I've, I don't want to call it a mistake, but I think that things that sometimes we're yearning for that, I don't want to say that answer so quickly, but what I've done sometimes is I've said prayers or I've said intentions and I've really willed it into being like this manifestation of, I want to embrace my powers, my abilities and everything else. And I forget sometimes that it's almost like baby steps is better because I've had some experiences just jolt me like all of a sudden. And then that shut it down really quickly because then I just wasn't ready. And you think you're ready and you're not. So it's, I'm not trying to give duplicitous information out there. It's just more to know that because you do have these abilities and when you're turning it on, think about it almost like it's a hairdryer. Like it may just like blow you a little bit more like away and just to embrace yourself in that and to know that that's a possibility and then it won't shock you as much because I think that was absolutely Absolutely. I've experienced that sometimes our own power can be a little overwhelming in some cases. And when we ask for it, it's like asking you shall receive. I really do think that that's the case. And Mm -hmm. And all, for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt at Lizzie Borden House. I had, and it's funny because leading up to that, I, I was talking to my friend Sharice a lot about. I had her on the show too. Oh, love her. Yeah. <laughs> she has a lot of great, a lot of great nuggets of wisdom spiritually. And I, and I was like looking for advice from her. And I was like, why aren't I experiencing these things? Like, what is going on with me? And uh, like, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want to see something crazy. I want something crazy to happen. And then it was like, bam, here's the Lizzie Borden house. No one else is going to stay there. Here you go. And I was like, no. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 And then I was like, no, I'm too scared. <laughs> but whatever. I figure one, one day down the road, maybe uh, I'll have like, some opportunity and it'll be a big deal and it'll be like Amanda revisits the place that scared her the most or something <laughs> you know whatever I needed to I needed to get I needed to be scared I think in order to push me forward I had just kind of stagnated so it wasn't bad it helps us grow and I think also the cool thing about it is sometimes I get chills in in a good way with that kind of stuff because then it's validation that like we were talking about earlier that's the supernatural is just the natural not yet explained and we have things happen to us like I'm also like it's very similar to you unless it happens to me or I experience it then I kind of it's not that I shut it down and I don't believe it I just won't give it that validation or that confirmation or go all gung-ho and believe in something, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that was partially what happened is that this is just a preface of what you may be experiencing or be open to your abilities later. For people that want to get into paranormal investigations or ghost hunting or even really just to communicate with entities and spirits in a positive way, what are some things that you would recommend that they could do? Um, So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I really feel like Oh, this is going to sound so woo-woo, but meditating or giving yourself space to just sit and think uh, because you know how busy our day-to-day lives get. Uh, if you could just try to tap into something else, you know, just sit and listen. Um, also, I mean, if we want to get into like equipment-based stuff, I always say literally all you need is a flashlight and like a digital recorder, or really all you need is a phone. All of us have a phone, you know, but it's just a matter of shifting, you know, shifting your mindset and saying, I'm here, I'm willing to open myself up to this and I want to communicate or experience. And and that mind shift will do a lot of things. Like we're talking about with some of the things I've experienced or not experienced, it all just goes back to my own psychological state and where my state of mind is. And so if you're wanting to get into paranormal investigating, I would say, 
you know, maybe if you're into spiritual practice, reaching out to your ancestors is a good start too. But, but if you want to just get into ghost hunting, just do it. Just, just, you know, get your phone out, turn the, turn the voice memos on and just start talking to anybody that means you well, not just anybody. (laughs) I just stop myself from saying that. Don't do that. I've done that before, but, uh, you know, with Ouija boards or whatever, but yeah, just change your, your mindset and open yourself up to it. Take some time to just listen to your thoughts, listen to what's around you. I would say anyone can do it. Anyone can, can hunt, hunt ghosts or investigate the paranormal, read books, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I would say, I think what you just mentioned too, is very important when anytime you're going to be opening up the lines of communication, whether it's through your phone and you're recording and you're trying to talk to ghosts or spirits that way, whether it's through an Ouija board or it's even just to tap into the other side. For me, grounding and protecting is a very important thing. So whether or not you do prayer, if you do meditation, you do intentions, but just to surround yourself with white light to be asking for protective energy around you for that communication because you are inviting it in. And so you sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get if you're not experienced in it. Yeah, that's a great point. And to kind of even simplify that more, it's just like if you're going to be getting into the paranormal field in whatever way that you feel fit, understand that there's a spiritual aspect that kind of, I believe, needs to go hand in hand with it. And that can mean whatever it needs to mean for you. Like, you know, anybody could be into any whatever, whatever you believe in, whatever makes you feel safe, even if you're not religious or if you don't believe in a white light, just whatever you can do to make yourself feel safe and confident in a paranormal realm or in this space where you're reaching out to things that we don't understand yet. You know, like there, I just think that unlike modern ghost hunting shows project, there really needs to be some kind of like other end of that, that, that protects you and, and makes you feel confident and moving forward, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the other important points is that for people that do watch those ghost hunting shows or those paranormal shows, it is so sensationalized in a lot of ways and the entertainment and the drama value of it. And part of what you're getting at, not to put words in your mouth, but at least the energy I'm feeling about it is it's more real than we think and it's around us and it's tangible in the sense that we can hear it, see it, feel it in a lot of cases. And like you were saying, if you're interested, then in some cases, it's just a flashlight in your phone or, but the point ultimately is the intention and the respect of it to know that it is an exchange of energy, whatever that energy looks like. So yeah, very well put. Exactly. So what's next for you? So you've been to a bunch of places and do you have anything in the works coming up? Um, So I have an investigation end of this month at St. Ignatius Hospital, which is an abandoned hospital near me, actually just an hour out of Spokane. And then besides that, I actually just wrapped on a documentary that should be releasing by winter this year. It's a documentary about a a true crime story uh, from the 1940s based out of the Olympic Peninsula. So uh, with a big paranormal thread. So super weird, lots, a couple of familiar faces in there for people who are into paranormal podcasts and in other documentaries. So that's really exciting. That's coming out in the winter. That's so exciting. So when you said in the winter, is it... TV documentary or? Um, so we filmed the documentary with a production company based out of Seattle who, you know, gave the budget for making it. Um, so they're shopping it. Now, once they're done editing, they're going to shop it around. Um, so hopefully 
everyone will get to watch it on some major streaming network, but we're not there yet. Just know it's coming in December. So I feel really good about it. So, and I love that kind of stuff. I just love it. Like in some cases, I don't, I don't know what it is where I like, as you mentioned, like the woo, the spiritual and all of that. But then I also love the, the true crime documentary aspect. Also, when you mentioned the supernatural piece of it, that like anytime you can thread that together, that makes me really excited because yeah. I feel like it just helps tie it. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't even necessarily love true crime, but I feel really passionately about this project. And, and, it gets really, really weird. Uh, very likened to Hellier. If people are into Hellier, uh, have you ever heard of Hellier? What is that? Oh my God, you got to watch it. <laughs> it's, okay. uh, it's on uh, Amazon and on YouTube, but it's a documentary series. And they, Greg and Dana Newkirk, they kind of talk a lot about the interconnection of ghosts and Bigfoot and aliens and all this different stuff and how this phenomena connects. And our documentary is not quite the same. Hellier focuses a lot on synchronicities. Our documentary focuses a lot on liminality, liminal spaces, and the kind of uh, like paranormal phenomena that can come out of moments of liminality, like the in-between, the rite of passage. So yeah, it should be really cool for big brains out there who like really digging into that kind of stuff. I'm super excited. I can't believe I haven't heard of this before. Hellier? Oh my God. Get ready to go down a rabbit hole. I'm always happy to to hype up. I was looking for a new thing to binge, so maybe that's what I'll start to do tomorrow. So that's awesome. And I can't wait for your documentary too. And then as soon as it's out, ping me, or obviously I'll be keeping an eye on it as well, and I'll update the show notes or happy to share it along with the, the listeners when it's available. Absolutely. Thanks. So how can people reach you? And you also have merchandise. You have a bunch of other stuff as well for people. Yeah, so I'm pretty effing spooky on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm on it all. TikTok, pretty effing spooky. And I have a link for stickers and t-shirts and stuff like that in my Instagram bio. So yeah, you go to Instagram or Facebook and you'll be able to find everything from there. Pretty effing spooky. Just F-N, not the whole word. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, actually, for I, I can't believe for like a year in following you, for some reason, I thought the F-N was fun. I was like, why didn't you just put the U in there? But it's F-N spooky. So yeah. <laughs> like freaking. Finally, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I love your content. Keep it up. I think that you are doing a great job. And again, I'm really thankful that you decided to come on and share your experience and your story with the listeners. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. And I, I appreciate your little nuggets of uh, of uh, psychic wisdom. That helps a lot. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I wasn't planning on it, but sometimes spirit leads me. So they were like, she needs to get this, this have this information received to just boost your confidence a little bit, but you're on the right path. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters.
Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 